Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. You know, one of the reasons we, uh, we do praise and worship is because of the scripture that tells, that tells us, uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Another scripture says, David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then the scripture also goes on to say, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You cannot magnify, when you magnify the Lord, you're not making him bigger. He's as big as he's going to get and he's big enough. He is all powerful. He is all He's all loving. He's all knowing. He's omnipresent. He's with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. But when we magnify the Lord, it draws his, it draws his attention to us. We see him. He's magnified in our eyes. Hallelujah. God is good and his mercy endures forever. I want to share with you this morning. I kind of, uh, I struggle. I hate to even admit this. But I struggled this week for a, a message. I, you know, I can make sermons. You know, you do it for 35 years and you can make sermons, can't you? But you don't want to just make sermons. You want to say something that is going to benefit somebody. And even if it's just one person. And so as I, uh, as I was meditating, praying, the Lord dropped something into my heart and it was between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday, or Easter, which there's a, there's a time period between Palm Sunday, which is today, and, we, and Easter or Resurrection Sunday, which is next week. Today, uh, Palm Sunday was when Jesus came into Jerusalem and he was hailed as the king. But through the week... He was rejected. He was despised. He was nailed upon a cross. And a lot of times we don't understand what's going on. Do you think you've got God figured out? You know, one of the greatest revelations I have discovered is I'm not in control. If you want peace in your life, you you need to come to the place where you are not in control. I got a call last night, you know, Saturday night, and I ain't got no money, (laughs) but I had money. But I get a, a call or a text, we have no water, we have no heat. Oh boy, just what you want to hear on Saturday night. And you're the preacher. But you know what? I got to thinking in my mind, I am not in control. You know, Lord, I'm going to cast all my care upon you because you care for me. 
Now, we still don't have water and we still have no heat. And there's more people here than what I expected. <laughs> Glory to God. The brave. Hallelujah. A few good men and women. We've got the tough ones here. <laughs> Bless your heart. But um, I've discovered I'm not a control. And if I cast my care upon the Lord... Then I, then he, it's in his hands. Is there any world-class warriors in here? You need to learn to say, Lord, it's on you. You know what I found out a long time ago? It's his church. It's his church. You know, even though he, even though he has me here, it's still his church. Jesus said, I will build my church. I'd like to share with you this morning the message instead of just talking and rambling. There is a time period between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday. I just want to say this in case, in case it slipped your mind. Jesus did nothing to benefit himself while he was here. Jesus did nothing. To benefit himself. In other words, it cost, it cost Jesus to come here. The Bible says that we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he were rich, yet he became poor that we through his poverty might have abundance. And I, and I, and I preached and I've said, Jesus came here. To, everything he did was for you. But I've since uh, adjusted my thinking. Everything Jesus did was for the Father. It was for the will of the Father. Jesus said, I do nothing unless the Father shows me. I say nothing unless the Father speaks. The words that I speak are not my own. They are my Father's. You know, this should uh, be good news for those of you that might have problems with, a, with, a, with the Heavenly Father. You know, I, did, uh, I don't want to go belabor this, but I didn't, I, I was more comfortable away from my Father than I was around Him. Because you just didn't know when the volcano was going to explode and you would, the hot lava would come on you. And so I, I was, I rejoiced when he went to work. I rejoiced when he went to deer camp. I rejoiced when he was away. And so that attitude carried over in my relationship with the father. So I was okay with Jesus because Jesus is my brother. You know, I love, I love my brothers, you know. I, I can relate to my brothers, but man, when it comes to the Father, I just assume he do his thing and I do mine. And I'll talk with Jesus and I'll go to Jesus. But as we look at the scriptures, Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So every act of love that Jesus did was a result of what the heavenly father was manifesting. He was manifesting himself to us. He's manifesting himself to the world. I, Jesus, again, he said, I do nothing unless I see 
the Father do it. I speak nothing unless it's a word from the Heavenly Father. So if you are in love with Jesus, you should be in love with the Heavenly Father. Don't have this idea that Jesus is the good guy and God's the bad guy. Well, we all know that God's a God of wrath. He's only a God of wrath to those who reject him and reject him and reject him and reject his love. Oh, you say, well, hey, man, we're in grace now. There is no wrath. You better read your Bible. Read, first, read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It talks about that the wrath of God is coming on those who disobey the gospel. So aren't you glad you're receiving the gospel? Aren't you, aren't you glad you're receiving his love? Aren't you glad you're receiving his mercy? But you know what? We need to express that. We need to get back on point. Thank you, Lord. So Jesus did nothing of his, own, of his own volition. He did it because he was demonstrating what the Father wanted to show the world. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I can't repeat what my brother-in-law said one time. But uh, he told me, he said, God is a... It wasn't a good word. He said he sent his son to do his dirty work. And you know, you have to look at it. I can look at it now. He was, he was speaking out of hurt. He had grandchildren that died. He was speaking out of hurt. And so he's looking at the heavenly father and in in his mind, he's thinking, God, let it happen. He wouldn't do anything. But I want to tell you what the scripture says in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. God was not distant. God is not distant from you. God was with Christ the whole way. Well, he said, well, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God was not distant when it comes to your salvation. God is just as involved in your salvation. God the Father is just as involved in your salvation as Jesus Christ is. As a matter of fact, it was Jesus obeying the will of the Father to reach out to you to show you his love. Amen. Well, I might as well read the scripture. Let's just, if you have your Bible, uh, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 21. And I'm just going, uh, Jesus is getting ready to enter Jerusalem. He had been to Jerusalem before. But Jesus is going to fulfill a prophetic word. The prophetic word is over 500 years old. Now, if you remember, I think it's in Deuteronomy chapter 18, the Bible says you can tell if a prophet is true or not if his word comes to pass. Well, what if your word comes to pass 500 years later? How are they going to know if you're a true prophet or not? So don't be judging stuff just because it doesn't happen in the next five minutes or the next week. 
Don't be judging because God's got his timing. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus is getting ready to come into Jerusalem. He sends two of his disciples to go get uh, a donkey and the colt, and they bring, they bring the donkey and the colt, and Jesus rides the donkey and the colt into Jerusalem, and, and people start to cut down uh, palm branches and, and lay down their clothes ahead of Jesus so that the donkey can walk on it. There, it is a sign of respect, but they are thinking within themselves, they're thinking that the kingdom of God's coming. The kingdom of God's coming. And what do they say? Well, Jesus, the prophecy that he fulfilled was from Zechariah 9, verse 9. And it says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. So in their minds, they're thinking their king's coming. He goes on to say, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So they're thinking in their mind, our king is coming. He is going to deliver us from the Romans. He's going to deliver us from oppression. We are going to prosper like, uh, like the uh, kingdom of David and the kingdom of Solomon prospered. We are in good hands now. Woo! Is that what happened? Jesus is fulfilling a prophecy, but God has his timing and God is, God is fulfilling the word that he promised. He goes, let me just go on and read. He goes on uh, to say in verse nine, the multitude who went before him and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Here's another reference to the kingdom of David. They're expecting Jesus to come in, right in, kick rear, and take over. That's what they're expecting. But Jesus has another kingdom he has to deal with. It's a kingdom that we don't see. It's a kingdom we don't recognize. It's a kingdom that, G, that, the, that Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this world. There is an unseen kingdom that had to be dealt with first. And when Jesus dealt with it, he destroyed principalities and powers. The Bible says that when Jesus dealt with that, with that kingdom, he through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and delivered those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You should, you should be delivered from fear. If he delivered you from fear of death, what else do you have to be afraid of? Now, there is one fear that's greater than the fear of death. That's the fear of public speaking. I've had people say, you know, I'll do anything, but don't ever ask me to pray. You know, to tell you the truth, I don't look forward to doing this every week. <laughs> 
But hallelujah. He has delivered us. Hallelujah. He's delivered us from the fear of death. He has delivered us from the fear of bondage. The scripture says, I want to relate this to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He has delivered us, but we have got to acknowledge it. And the more we acknowledge it, the more we act like it. It's not just saying it brings it to pass. It's already, in the mind of God, it's already brought to pass. But when we say it, then we begin to respond. Our bodies begin to respond. Do you know you're an overcomer? Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Come on. I'm afraid I don't know. It might be a trick question. No, it's not a trick question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Then the Bible says you are an overcomer. And the Bible says to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And Jesus himself said, if you deny me, I will deny you. So it is imperative for us to declare what God says about us. What's this has to do with Palm Sunday? Are you getting anything? Anybody getting anything? Thank you, Lord. God, everything Jesus did was because of the will of the Father. Thank you, Lord. I wonder, uh, well, let's just go on and read. I might just, but he says, Hosanna. To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It's an expression of, 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 of joy, an expression of exaltation. You know, sometimes the best time to exalt the Lord is when you don't feel like it. That's when it's really an act of faith. Do you know that the Bible tells us to offer the sacrifice of praise? A sacrifice costs you something, in case you didn't know it. If I, would, if I will choose to offer my praise when I don't feel like it, you know, sometimes I, just, I would just like to go to a party. Have you ever been to a pity party? <laughs> Never been to one. I've been to them a few times. But you know what? It doesn't seem like God's presence shows up there. So if I want to, you know, God never leaves me nor forsakes me, but his manifest presence doesn't really show up too much at the pity party. So I have to begin to express my faith in him and he's already there. So then as I express my faith in him, I'm letting the the redeemed of the Lord is starting to say so. I'm beginning to express my faith in him. And then he begins to acknowledge me. It's wonderful when you acknowledge Jesus. It's another thing when he acknowledges you. 
You say, well, Jesus knows everybody. That's not what the Bible says. There's some people he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, he might have known their name. He might have known what they, but they didn't know him. And he didn't know them. Oh, help me, Lord. He goes on to say that Jesus went into the temple, temple of God, and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the money tables of the uh, and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seat of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. See, it wasn't just about putting down palm branches. It wasn't about saying Hosanna. Jesus had to deal with something. Now, if we would look in the Old Testament, which I don't have time to do today, but we would see that God, God through the prophetic word declares that the Gentiles are all part. You know, if you read the Old Testament, a lot of times you think, well, God's just, God's just taking care of the Jews, the Jewish people. But no, God prophesied in the Old Testament that the Gentile, we have any Gentiles here today? Some of you might not be sure. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. But God in the Old Testament declares that he's going to bring the Gentiles into his family. And do you know that there was an outer court, there's different courts, there's the Holy of Holies, the holy place, then there was the, the, the court of, for men, there was a court for women, but the outer court was called the court of the Gentiles. Ooh. And that's where they had set up these booths and stands. You know, and really, uh, if you lived if you lived a hundred miles away, you couldn't bring your sacrifices, so you would sell them. And then when you got to Jerusalem, you would buy new to make sacrifice. But what they did was they jacked up the price. And if you had Roman money, they devalued that, so you had to spend more money on your sacrifice. That's why I called it, uh, you've made it a den of thieves. So they were, actually, they, they were actually providing a service, but they were taking advantage of them, and Jesus doesn't want us taking advantage of each other. Hallelujah. But you notice what, after, what happened after he cleansed the temple? The blind and the lame started coming unto him, unto him, and he started healing the sick. He started bringing the temple back. He, once he brought order to the temple, the temple was able to function in a way that would minister to people and not take advantage of the people. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, you know, the temple's not there anymore. Not that, not that temple. But now, but now those that are, those that are a part of the body of Christ are the temple of God. Have you ever had God come up and tell you you need to adjust something? 
I'll put it this way. You know, I used to be a sailor. I could, I had a different language. I'll just use the, uh, we used to do a phrase about jerking my chain. Has God ever jerked your chain, got your attention? Say, hey, we need to take care of this. You know, one of the things that, one of the things that he really, that he, you know, a lot of times we're, we're so focused on the outward. Uh, you shouldn't be smoking. You shouldn't be, and you shouldn't be. If you want to get to heaven quicker, go ahead. Just a thought. But we're always focused on these outward things, but Jesus is more focused on the inward things. He's saying, you know, uh, you say, the Bible says the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. With all, uh, God, I'm good with that. I am good. Me and you tight. I always hate to hear when somebody says, yeah, I, got, uh, I know the man upstairs. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. But God says, I... The rest of that scripture is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there's somebody that approached him about that and he said, who is my neighbor? And the bottom line is somebody that needs help. Somebody that needs help. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times we're so focused on what we need that we miss out on what other people need. We miss out. But if you want to bring joy into your life, get out of yourself. Get out of yourself and begin to look at him. Praise God. You know, I could write volumes of the stuff I don't get finished preaching. <laughs> Problem is, you just... Anyway. So, notice this. The blind, uh, the blind and the came to him in the temple and he healed them. And then the next verse is perplexing. He says, but when the chief priest and, and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. In other words, they were angry. There's two things I want to say about them. One is, uh, we've always called them the religious leaders. And they were religious leaders, but they were also civil leaders. Civil leaders are not always happy with what you do. But you know, Jesus didn't back down from doing what he did just because the civil leaders didn't like it. Just a thought. You know, the disciples even come up and say, uh, they said to Jesus, you know, he had uh, preached against the Pharisees and the, the disciples come up and said, Lord, don't you know that the Pharisees were offended? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus, Jesus wasn't just doing it to jerk their chain. Sometimes people's chains need to be jerked. So I, Gets their attention. Sometimes we need our, uh, we need to get us, we need something to get our attention. 
But he, uh, he goes on to, uh, let me just say, they, they saw the wonderful things he did, the children uh, crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, and they were indignant. They were angry. Let me just say this. The devil doesn't like your praise either. The devil does not like your praise. You know, civil governments probably, they're not going to change. They, you know, they think we're wasting our time. But when you worship God in the spirit, there is a, there is a thing that happens to the powers of darkness. They begin to retreat. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The Greek means that he will flee from you as if in terror. So as I submit myself to God in in offering myself a living sacrifice and worshiping him in, in purity, then as then really that is a resisting the devil in itself. I don't even have to say in the name of Jesus, get out. I can just worship my God, and that's a clue that the enemy wants to get away from me. I saw somebody delivered during a worship service. And it was four of us playing a record. Remember records? It was a large disc. They called them LPs. And we, were, uh, we, were, we, were, we got together, and there was four of us. Melody was one. I was married. And my brother and his girlfriend or wife, I don't remember at the time. But my brother had been in the occult. He was into soul travel and all this other stuff. He was into power, and he, and he thought he experienced power. But, uh, you know, I, we were able to lead him to the Lord. Hallelujah. And while we were in this little worship service, we, you know, we're all good Christians, got our eyes closed, you know. And all of a sudden, he goes, wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, the good Christian keeps their eyes closed. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so after we were done, I said, hey, man, what happened to you? He said, while I was worshiping, he said, I saw lightning shoot out of my eyes. <laughs> you know, the Bible says I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. So during that worship time, we weren't saying in the name of Jesus. No, we were just worshiping God. Devil didn't like it. And so he, bam, he left. You want to be free? Worship. Worship. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let me just, uh, let me finish. Let me quit. With the uh, verse 16, it said, he, uh, he said to them, do you, uh, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Well, I, I went to, that actually came from Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. But if you go back there and read that, it's, uh, it, it sound, uh, it's read like this. It says, out of the mouth of babes 
and sucklings, you have ordained strength. In other words, when you're worshiping, strength is released because of your enemies. So in other words, in our worship, we're not just elevating God. We are putting the enemy to flight. He says, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Have you ever, has your mind ever just kept accusing you and accusing you and accusing you? And it just wouldn't stop. It might not be you. It might be a foul spirit that is running its mouth. And you can shut it up by getting into the presence of God, worshiping him so that the enemy may be silenced. The enemy may be silenced. Jesus did everything that he did in obedience to the Father, and the Father did what he did because he wanted you free so that you could become sons and daughters of the living God. That's just not when I get to heaven. It reminds me of a song. It's actually a Christian song. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that. You don't know Christian songs? <laughs> when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. But you know what? You can sing and shout the victory right now. Right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. For what Jesus did, Lord God, he is the king. He came as a lamb, but he's coming back as a lion. He came and he was abused by, by the authorities, but when he comes back, he is going to be the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, of God the Father. But Lord, we want to make sure that we ourselves have already bowed to the name of Jesus because he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the scripture says in Romans chapter, chapter 10 and verse 8, it says, what is it the word of faith is in your mouth and in your heart? That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says, he who believes in him will not be put to shame. Well, I don't want to be, uh, I feel ashamed if I, if I acknowledge Jesus. No, you won't be ashamed. You will be lifted up. You will be lifted up because God will lift you up. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today in the name of Jesus. 
Lord God, that you have demonstrated through your son, your love, your compassion, and your mercy. And Lord God, we thank you, Father God, that we have the opportunity to receive that mercy and grace today. And Father God, we thank you.